you. And as we're talking about wildlife being affected by all those campers and hikers, here is Cruzan McCalligan for tonight's Savvy Earth Savers with a very intriguing question. Hello, Savvy Earth Savers, and welcome back. I've got an interesting program for you today because it's a little bit philosophical. We're talking about whether wildlife should be granted the rights to their own homes. Okay, let me go and explain. There's an author, Karen Bradshaw, who says yes, we shouldn't think of wildlife as a sort of transient renter. She's written a book about this very topic. What's particularly interesting is that as we've all had to go back into our homes during lockdowns and social distancing during this pandemic, numerous animals have been trying to return to their rightful homes as well. And as they become our new neighbours, Karen says she looks forward to the time when they're granted the right to own their homes rather than merely renting them from us in a way when we're not using them. Of course, it's no secret that we are encroaching on natural environments and we, we freely walk into the homes, the forests, the oceans that, that are the homes of other creatures and have no, no qualms about it. This is kind of a real game changer in the way we think about coexistence. And if we think about animals and wildlife as our partners rather than our adversaries, an excellent example of displacing animals from their rightful homes is the recent delisting of wolves in the US. This sounds a bit strange, but animals aren't things to be moved around or killed in the name of humans. And this is what Karen writes a lot about in her book, Wildlife as Property Owners. It's a roadmap for stemming biodiversity loss, and it provides a legal framework for preventing mass extinction. Of course, I've talked about this before, Biodiversity loss is a hidden crisis, a looming threat to humankind. We are decimating wildlife and on the brink of mass extinctions. Scientists have called for setting aside vast swaths of land for animals. And Karen's book is about charting a course through political and legal realities that would allow for massive habitat preservation. In short, she's gone and done the nitty gritty boring administrative work that actually has to happen for real change to take place and it's so fascinating she advocates for allowing wildlife to own their land in trusts and this property rights based solution sidesteps the polarization around kind of animal laws as they've always been she basically says she discovered that animals of all kinds practice territorial behavior with marked similarities to what we call property in humans. Things like exclusion, sharing, inheritance rules, and other things like that. Humans and other animals are co-participants in a biological system of resource sharing, which also extends to plants and other living things. Humans are subject to unseen biological rules that drive our behavior, just like other living species. We are not magically exempt from the resource distribution hypothesis. In a way, like every other living thing, we are shaped by our physical environment and interactions with living things more than we actually understand. And this is why Karen has written this book. Property can already include non-human owners. Ships and corporations have owned property for decades. So why can't a bison own where he lives? Incorporating wildlife into the legal institution of property can fundamentally change and improve humans' relationship with nature. And a lot of the human damage to the planet is directly traceable to the legal and economic institutions stripping natural interests. Karen, with her book, Wildlife as Property Owners, is trying to inspire and enable big, bold thinkers in politics, business, academia to establish permanent habitat protections. Her dream is that readers will understand it's entirely possible to renegotiate societal relationships with nature and law dramatically. 
Humankind's fate is fundamentally interconnected with other living things, so we can and should change laws to reflect that worldview. For 50 years, animal law has only had two approaches, animal welfare and animal rights. Um, and both approaches focus on animals in captivity, pets, livestock, research animals. Wildlife is missing from this animal law conversation. And when we take the ecosystem approach, there could be amazing things happening for conservation around the world and ensure we don't lose the biodiversity that characterizes our planet. Anyway, a lot of food for thought there, but I hope you enjoyed it. Until next week, bye-bye.